Good morning to you on this first day of 2020. It's hard for me to even say those words because having been born in 1953, 2020 sounded like a long way away. But here we are, and this is the first day, and we have the blessing of looking together at Paul's letter to the church at Colossae. This is a continuing look, and today we're in chapter 3 of that letter. Paul is writing this letter trying to address some confusion within that church about what it means to be in Christ and to follow Christ, and that it's not about what you do or what you don't do in terms of our relationship, but it's through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, which certainly then brings about a change in us. Behold, old things pass away, all things become new. But our relationship with Christ is based solely on his finished work, not on anything we do or don't do. So we're going to just look at four verses today. Let's read those verses and then we'll pray. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Heavenly Father, press to the, to the depth of my being and each of our being the truth that, that our place is in Christ, that we have no other place apart from Christ, that our lives are hidden with Christ in you. And, and we're secure and safe in Christ with you, not based on what we've done or could ever do or what we haven't done, but on the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray in his holy and precious name. Amen. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above and not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Now, this part of the letter and we, we recall that these letters, of course, weren't written in chapters and verses. Uh, they were written just in as one continued letter. We always need to keep that in mind. If he starts off, when he starts off with the word, if then, we need to know that he's reflecting back to something earlier. And the, what, what he's re reflecting back to is that in, in the chapter 2, he says, if with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of this world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. And he's, he's just clearly saying that, look, it's not these outward things that matter. 
This is not the basis of our relationship. They appear to be a wise thing, but it's a self-made religion. But they are of no value in stopping what we are inclined to do in our flesh. They don't address our sin. Only Christ can do that and make us right, righteous before God himself in Christ, not in any other way. So he says, as we open our verses today, if then, if in light uh, that, that you're born again in Christ, you have been raised with Christ. We are in, when we're born again, we are in Christ. We're going to talk in a minute about what it means for our lives to be hidden uh, in Christ, with Christ, in God. But he says, if you have been raised with Christ, if, if we've gone from our, our old self to our new self, from our dead self to our living self, that is, if we've been born again, then, then we have been raised with Christ. And Christ is at the right hand of God the Father. We have a place in heaven that is secure and finished right now. And spiritually, we have all the blessings of the heavenly places, but we haven't experienced that experientially. And that will happen, and we'll see that again in a minute, uh, when Christ returns, when you have a few moments, look at it. It's found in 1 Thessalonians four sixteen through 18, that Christ is coming back. This, this is the rapture. He's coming back, and the dead in Christ will rise, and those who are alive at that time will, will rise to meet him in the air, and he will arrive with a shout. So since we are in Christ and we're raised with Christ, Christ is seated at the right hand of God. That is that, that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, one God existing in three persons, are in perfect unity. And when we're in Christ and we're raised with Christ, what does that mean? It means that we are spiritually right now in the heavenly places. We will experience that uh, fully when Christ comes back. But spiritually, that's our place. And he says in verse 2, in, in light of that, set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Now, he's not telling us not to live in this earth because he's put us here. He called us to this life. This is what we're created for, to be in a relationship with God through Christ Jesus. But that begins here right now for those who are in Christ. And we pray those that are not in Christ that today would be the day of salvation, that by grace alone, through faith in Christ Jesus alone, they would be saved as a gift of God, not a result of works, not based on anything they've done, but they would be born from above. Salvation is God's idea from start to finish. There is no other basis for a relationship with God other than that which God has established. Jesus said to the to the disciples and especially to Thomas who said, Lord, how do we know 
the way to where you're going. We don't even know where you're going. How could we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way. I am the way. Jesus is our way. He's our truth. He's our life. So we need to set our minds. That is, we need to fix our thoughts on things above. There are so many things, so, so many things, and have always been. It, it seems like there are more today, but the struggle with sin has always existed since the fall of Adam and Eve. But we need to set our minds not on the things of earth, but on the things that are above. Now, what does that mean practically? What is he saying to us that we should walk around with our eyes looking up? No, we need to look at the world around us, but we need to set our mind on the things that are above, not our eyes, our physical eyes, although we certainly need to look up with our physical eyes. But he's saying, set your mind have in your mind the things of God and not the things of man. When you encounter somebody who's acting a certain way that may be aggravating or upsetting to you, uh, we need to set our minds on things that are above. What are those things? God created this person. God made them in his image. Jesus died for them. We're not struggling with them. We're struggling with the principalities and the powers of this dark world. We need to love our neighbor as ourself. God loves us in the middle of our sins. Uh, in Romans 5, 8, it says God shows his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God has called us to love him above all, but second and, and essentially equal to it is to love our neighbors, people he's created, as ourselves. And so when we encounter challenges with other people, instead of getting down on the level of sinful thinking with them, quite frankly, we should instead set our minds on things above. Know that God said that that we should love them and that he created them in his image and that Jesus died for them. So instead of trying to find fault with them, we need to express the love of God in Christ Jesus for them. We need to set our mind on things above. We're tempted constantly, constantly, constantly with all sorts of fleshly uh, desires of every kind. To, to our eyes, to our nose, to our mouth, to everything. And those things will take us down, pull us away from our fellowship, that is. Not, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, nothing in all creation. You can see that in Romans 8, I believe 38 and 39. But we set our minds on things above not on things that are on the earth. We see those things, we encounter those things, but we don't set our minds on them. We don't rest on them. We don't continue to think on them. We don't embrace that temptation. Instead, we embrace the things of God. Verse 3 says, For you, you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. What an amazing thing. Our life is hidden with Christ in God. 
there's a lot of meaning to that word, and it means that, that we're both concealed in Christ Jesus and we have safety and security in Christ Jesus. The person who's in Christ is not yet glorified. That will happen when he returns. We talked about that earlier, I think, and we can read about that in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 18. But we're secure, we're safe in Christ. Uh, Christ is our very life. On Christ the solid rock we stand, all other ground is sinking sand. We're safe in Christ. Nothing can wash us off the rock. Nothing can knock us. We're not playing king of the hill in our strength. We're safe in Christ on the rock that is Christ Jesus because of who he is, not because of what we do. Uh, So when Christ, who is our life, When Christ, who is our life, in him, in another place we see in in these chapters, in him we live and move and have our being. We can do all things through him. He is the vine and we are the branches. We can do all things in Christ, through Christ, but apart from him we can do nothing. So Christ is our life. Uh, Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. This is speaking of everybody who's been born again. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So Christ is our life, and when when he appears then we also will appear with him in glory. If we've, if we've died bodily and ascended to heaven spiritually, then the dead in Christ, our old bodies will be revived and will be made new. And if we're alive when Christ comes, he could come today. He could come in the next moment. We don't know that. We need to live like he's uh in expectation of him coming at any time, when Christ, who is our life, appears, then we also will appear with him in glory. I don't think we can even begin to imagine the depth of the meaning of what Paul is saying there, but we can get enough of it that it ought to make us jump and shout that our lives are hidden with Christ in God, that spiritually we are seated with God in Christ Jesus uh, and that we have the blessing spiritually right now of our relationship. And when Jesus comes back, we're going to have the full experience of that. So come, Lord Jesus, come. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for being born again. I pray for those who are listening and and even those who aren't listening who have not been born again, that today would be the day of salvation, that today would be the day by grace alone, your gift through faith alone, also a gift from you, that they would trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross and in his death, burial, and resurrection, his ascension to heaven and his return 
that they would be born again, born of the Spirit, not of the flesh, and behold, old things would pass away and all things become new. I pray that today would be that day for those we love and know and are not in Christ and those we don't know yet we love because they are our neighbors because God said how can we love him whom we can't see if we don't love our neighbors whom we can see so we pray for salvation for those who are not in Christ we pray for us who are in Christ to grow up into the fullness and the maturity of that relationship by God's grace Praise be to God, praise be to God, amen, through Christ Jesus our Lord. God bless you, have a good day.